Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Very much for that introduction. I do appreciate the fact that you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and to listen to us. I hope and pray that Christ would always be glorified. You as our listeners would be edified in a worldwide audience. I haven't really mentioned this in some time on our uh, web address there, biblicalquestion.com. There is a free ebook available. It's been available for some time. And I know if you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk and discuss this before, but I would really encourage you to go download that uh, free ebook when you get a time to do that. And uh, yes, I do know the lady who wrote this uh, book personally, and I hope that uh, that you would do that. And I appreciate her uh, allowing us to have all that set up on the webpage. Uh, there is a small prayer request page there. If you do have a prayer request, I would uh, certainly encourage you to to submit one, but please uh, make sure that you put in a prayer request somewhere in the title or a subject line to grab my attention. I'm just bombarded with uh, spam. It's just unbelievable uh, how much uh, garbage comes through that email address. Anybody who has a public domain webpage will probably certainly relate. Today we're going to try to answer some questions that have come through the email, and if you have one, you may submit that as well through the webpage, uh, or you can do it at biblicalquestion at juno.com. Okay, so the the question that has come in uh, says here, our congregation likes to do business meetings with the congregation. Is this a biblical way of doing things? Well, interesting question. You know, I I recall over the years that uh, I was in the pulpit, I I really did not enjoy congregational-type meetings, men's meetings, business meetings, meetings of the elders, whatever. Not that they were not important, because I believe that they were. It just how everything went about it. It was uh, very uh, political in some ways, and I don't believe politics really should be uh, in church. It should be all about God, because that's really what it should be about, how we're going to serve Him, glorify Him, uh, praise Him, and thank Him, and so on. It's not really about us. Yes, we're there. Yes, we're worshiping. Uh, Obviously, there has to be decisions made. Uh, You can see this throughout uh, the Bible occasionally where people, the the congregation met. And if you notice, I use that word congregation a lot. And the reason is the word church is really misused. And so, But the word congregation is actually more accurate. And so the church is not brick and mortar. Really, Jesus didn't die for songbooks and carpet and buildings and whatever. He died for people's souls. And so 
There, yeah, there's an example or two I'm going to use here, so please open your Bible if you have one and follow along. And we're going to be in the book of Acts to start with, and uh, Acts chapter 1 would be a place to start, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 15. And so here in Acts chapter 1, you kind of get this picture that Peter's taking charge, he's kind of the leader of this meeting. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to replace Judas. And Peter kind of lays out some parameters of this meeting that he believes should be uh, who's going to replace Judas, the qualifications and whatnot. And and basically, Peter says, hey, it's got to be somebody who obviously knows who Jesus is, uh, was around since the beginning, uh, followed Jesus around in his ministry, so forth, okay? And so um, they get some people together, they, they round up some names or suggested, and they begin this meeting and discussion, and, and turn with me here and notice this. And I want to start uh, verse 21. It says, Of the men, therefore, who have accompanied, accompanied us uh, with the, the Lord Jesus, he went in and out among us. In other words, he, they followed Jesus around, like I said. Uh, beginning, they had to be there at the beginning from the baptism of John to the day he was received uh, from us. One must be the witness with us of his resurrection. And so, in other words, uh, part of the followership would be they've been around for the last several years, they've watched the ministry of Jesus. They obviously would have to have witnessed some miracles uh, and say, yep, Jesus really rose from the dead because we saw him. And you can find that at the end of Luke, there, Luke describes 500 witnesses or more uh, type of picture there that actually saw Jesus uh, back from the grave. And so in verse 23 uh, they put two people forward, Joseph uh, and, and, and Mathis, and then they began to pray. Okay, so if you notice here, one of the first things they do is Peter makes his suggestion. They come up with a group of men, and they submit their names, and what do they do? They begin to pray. And yes, most of the meetings I've ever been to, uh, there's a, a prayer that's said, uh, a short prayer. And then we kind of seem to forget that we just prayed and we're sitting in a, a congregational meeting, supposed to be Christians, and the digging and the fighting and the scratching begins. And so, and that's not true with every meeting, and that's not true with every congregation that I've been in, but it seems to be the overall picture. There's a lack of leadership in a lot of congregations that I've been around. Uh, and when somebody really tried to step up and be a leader, they, uh, people would shoot them down pretty quickly and, and just cause a lot of problems, which is really sad. Uh, saw that more in the USA than I did in other places that I've been in the world. Enough of that. So verse 25 says, To take part in this ministry an apostleship from which Judas fell away, that he might go to his own place. So notice this. They drew lots, and the lot fell on Mathis. And he was counted 
with the 11 apostles. Okay, so I've never seen lots cast dice, whatever, um, how to figure this out. They pray about it. They believe that God's in control of rolling these uh, dice type idea. And that's where it's going to fall because God's in control of all things. And I do believe God is in control of all things. And by that, I mean he allows things to happen. And this is clearly before the day of Pentecost because Acts chapter 2 says, verse 1, now when the day of Pentecost had come. Okay, so they, they've done all of this between the time that Jesus ascends back into heaven and the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit arrives. And so that doesn't seem to be anywhere in Scripture that they get a special message from God. There's no vision saying, hey, don't do it that way. But this is kind of the Jewish-type custom coming out of uh, that background, which these men would have clearly uh, been part of. Okay, so then you have the Jerusalem Conference, which takes place most people say between 48 and 50 A.D. Now, this conference, we read it as though it's only a chapter and maybe a handful of verses type thoughts with some people. And the church here really is the congregation. Uh, they're, they're all on divided highway because they, they're fighting over circumcision. They're, you know, should... Uh, you become a Jew first before you could become a Christian. And there seems to be uh, this kind of thought and idea. And there's a lot of misunderstanding here. I, I know a man who just, uh, he just really, I think he just taken a lot of things out of context. And so in the context of this chapter in this meeting, which I don't believe happened uh, right after a potluck dinner, I believe this conference was a conference, and it, it took time uh, to go through this. And so, if you notice this, they are, like I said, they're going through this. Verse 11 says, we believe that you are saved through the grace of Jesus, uh, just as they are. And it, and it goes on, Barnabas and Paul begin to talk about the signs that they saw God do. Uh, with uh, the Gentiles and say, hey, look, you know, uh, if God wasn't blessing this, we wouldn't be seeing all of this. And so they uh, begin to admit, hey, you know, the law of Moses is really uh, something that we have never been able to completely fulfill and obey to the letter of the law because we're all sinners, and so they kind of lay out some parameters, uh, and they go through this idea here, verse 22, 22, excuse me, it seemed good to the apostles and the elders, and with the whole assembly to choose men out of their company to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. And so they do this. They Again, they begin to pick out these guys, uh, who's going to go with them, and they begin to write things down in verse 23, and they begin to write a letter. And so, again, I believe they prayed about it, I believe they talked about it, and if you notice this, 
if you really read this chapter completely, they are 100% agreement at the end. I don't know that they were at the beginning. I don't think so, because this is why they're meeting and they're discussing this. And I believe congregational type meetings, if people were holding these and really, truly trying to open their mind and their heart to the Word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide them, they would have a unanimous decision. And you're going to say, oh, preacher, man, that's impossible in my culture. Uh, well, all things are possible with God. And you'd say, well, some things may never, ever get done. Well, they did here at the Jerusalem conference over a very touchy subject, uh, circumcision with the Jewish people who were coming out of that background into uh, what we would call Christianity today. And they decided, you know what, Gentiles don't really have to be circumcised. Because, you see, most Jewish people believed that's how they were saved. Kind of like what we hear, oh, a prayer or baptism or, you know, those type of ideas. They believe that's how you, uh, you were saved. And it really, you're saved by the grace of God at the bottom of the page here. But, you know, again, they said, look, here's a few parameters for you. Uh, th I think it would be good that, you know, stay away from blood. And um, verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. See, they've got God involved with this to not lay a great burden on these things. But perhaps you should abstain from verse 29 things, sacrifice to idols, blood from things that are strangled, and sexual immorality. And it would be well with you. Okay, so they only lay out two or three things uh, that really come along here. And they write a letter. Now, you know, most people today I've read... It, Circumcision is really kind of a thing of the past with most most cultures, especially in in the Western world. It's really a thing of the past almost. And I've asked nurses who would know in the delivery room in the past when babies were born, and they, they just said, no, nah, that's a thing almost nobody does anymore. And so, anyhow, I believe that if a congregation truly wants to serve the Lord and they really want to make decisions uh, and they really want God to bless those decisions, they would pray about it. I think the congregation could pray about it. It can have a prayer meeting, a serious prayer meeting, not a gossip meeting, but a prayer meeting just for that particular subject of what, whatever it is that you're trying to decide. So... Many groups have what I would call a board of directors, kind of like uh, somebody head of GM or Ford or Apple or whatever. Uh, and I'm not sure that's really the intent that God really had in mind. Because the Scripture is pretty clear who's in charge of the church. And it's not man. It is Christ himself. And here's a, here's a verse or two for you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as the head of over all things, the church. Uh, 
Ephesians 4.12 again. We're equipping the saints for the work of the service to, to building up the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church. Okay, so 1 Corinthians uh, 11.3 would say that. Even, even the Old Testament would would really lend to this. Psalm 68, verse 18. You have ascended on high. You have led the captives, your captives. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell there. So this idea that God is in charge, he is he's the man, <laughs> as some people at work would say. And so... Uh, this idea of having congregational meetings, I believe, is, is fine. Uh, I believe that uh, you got to have some direction uh, that everybody needs to agree on. Uh, and somebody would say, well, tradition, tradition. Well, tradition's fine as long as you understand it is tradition. It doesn't necessarily make it biblical. It doesn't mean it's correct or incorrect. But traditions uh, of men are something that we need to understand. That's exactly what they are, traditions of men. And back to Exodus chapter 33, you can get this idea uh, in the meeting of the tent uh, here where God would have Moses go in the tent and the whole congregation would surround them, uh, this tent, and... At the end of the day, if you read this chapter, you would see that uh, the congregation is having a meeting. They're having this discussion, but they are seeking God in this process to solve the problem. Uh, what should they do, what they should not do, and so forth. So again, there's nothing wrong with us coming together and say, okay, hey, we want to have a gospel meeting, or uh, we need to help the homeless, or we, you know, okay, that's good. Then sit down and talk about it, pray about it. Uh, I guess if you want to roll dice, you could. I would see that uh, that would not uh, be unbiblical. Now, some people are going to say, oh, you're gambling. and, and But, again, they did this a lot in the Scripture. So I, I kind of hope that that answers your question uh, I'm not trying to avoid anything here. Uh, I know there's a lot of different denominational people who listen to this. Um, in their denomination, everybody seems to do it just a little bit different. Um, then you have the hierarchy-type ideas from the Catholic Church, where the Pope is sitting on the throne and he's infallible, and whatever he says uh, is good as gold-type idea. And... I would question that to the degree that I've seen some things that have been made, decisions that the uh, recently the Pope has made that I think would go against the Scripture. And so uh, a lot of it has to do with homosexuality, but uh, I, I don't think that would be... If it's clearly in defiance against the Bible, then... The, the end of the day, it's just wrong. It's the wrong decision. You did not have God involved. You didn't ask the Holy Spirit to guide or direct your steps. 
and your thought processes. And so, again, back to the Jerusalem Conference type idea. Some decisions that congregations might need to make might take months for people to talk about it and pray about it and present their side and have this discussion what needs to be done. Because when you read Acts chapter 15, I do believe that you get everybody throws everything on the table and they discuss it. And then they come up with this conclusion because they really truly believe that the Holy Spirit has led them. Now, as a Gentile, I'm pretty thankful for the Jerusalem Conference. It's so... um, we, we, really, we really need to pray about the decisions. And I think this is true with a family. Uh, the husband and wife need to sit down and discuss things. Uh, maybe. I mean, I grew up in an era where children to remain silent. They could be seen but not heard. But depending on the situation, perhaps uh, the children could be involved, at least give a little bit of input that maybe mom and dad do not know about or unaware of. It's a different world than I know what I grew up in. Uh, so many things are being controlled outside the home on your children, and I think that's a dangerous thing. Uh, so that's for another subject and another day. Again, I want to thank you for your question. I, I don't know uh, who, uh, who you are, but I, that's all that came out in the email. And so I do appreciate the fact that you're listening. Uh, Hang in there. Keep praying. Please tell others about us as well. Okay, second question comes in. says, we have been listening to your past podcasts. We recently discovered uh, your podcast recordings, and we are enjoying. However, we are questioning uh, one that you did on Christmas a couple years ago. I'm trying to read this here. Anyway, the question is, do you really believe that Jesus uh, was born under the Virgin Mary? And did Mary raise Jesus as though he was a normal child? Well, I, I'm trying to understand, I guess, here. But yes, I do truly believe that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. And that is just a biblical foundation of the New Testament and believing who Jesus is and the Messiah, and so forth. Maybe I'm reading too far into your question here. I'm trying to understand it. Uh, Anyway, do I believe that Mary uh, fed, breastfed Jesus? Yes, she did. Changed his diaper, yes. Uh, Burped him, rocked him to sleep, and sang lullabies. Absolutely. Jesus was human in every way, but he's still deity. And that's something that's really hard for us, I think, to comprehend. And I think it was a problem for the first century Jew. How can God be a man and how can a man be God? Because that's one of the biggest accusations that they will make against Jesus in his trial is he makes himself out to be God or the Son of God. And so... You know, they they claim they knew, you know, his mother lived uh, in Bethlehem, Nazareth, and so forth. I mean, they they knew uh, his background, and that would be true even today. Uh, Most of us would know somebody's background, where they were born and whatnot. But especially in this time and culture, uh, 
they would know that. And so, yes, I, I truly believe that Jesus had a normal upbringing, uh, raising uh, the culture and the day and the time that he was born and raised and died in, uh, and it was truly rose out of that grave. And so I hope that answers your question. The, uh, you know, the Bible is really silent about Jesus's upbringing uh, in, in this aspect of what you're trying to answer. And I'm going to go along with this thought process. Uh, the Bible's silent because it would just be understood that uh, from the date uh, of his circumcision uh, until, uh, you know, basically uh, around age 12 where he's found in the temple, those first 12 years he probably went to school or however education worked that day. He probably worked with his father and learned a trade and he learned the Bible. Because as, as you read at age 12, the elders in the temple are amazed of his knowledge. And so uh, this would give credit, I believe, to Joseph and Mary of having a godly home. Because I also believe that Jesus actually had to learn things as, as on the human side as well. If he lived the life that everybody uh, has lived on this earth, as far as mankind goes, he went through an educational process. He had parents who taught him right and wrong. And yes, he was God, and there's probably things in there that I will never understand on this side uh, of the grave, but... Again, back to your questions about Mary and and uh, how you worded those. Yes, believe all of that. And so uh, if you've not listened to that podcast, uh, I would suggest that you go back and listen to it if you're new to the podcast. And so uh, I thought about actually uh, kind of redoing that, not that it would say anything different, and that's why I decided not to do uh a remake of that. Again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I know it is uh, the Christmas season for most of people that are listening, uh, celebrating Christmas, trying to get uh, gifts together, making plans to go visit family or friends or church activities and different things. And so I know it's a busy time of the year and winter time in the Northern Hemisphere. And so uh, that would be... Uh, some snow and cold and travel uh, conditions and things might be putting stress on people. And before I close again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want you to know if you're listening in a country that your persecution of Christianity is well known, I pray for you every day. I pray for the church that is persecuted around the world. Most people don't believe that we're being persecuted in the USA. And I would call it a soft persecution, but there is persecution uh, around the USA. Uh, Canada, uh, poor folks there, I think they were persecuted uh, very strongly. It's just not talked about, and the media doesn't report it, of course. So anyway, may God bless you. Uh, please continue to listen as we try uh, each and every week to bring uh, a biblical-type podcast to help answer questions and 
It'd help you get a better understanding of who God is. Please tell others about us as well. May God bless you, and may He always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may He have the glory.